I didn't know how important, you know, how hard it was. I knew how important it was, but how hard it was because, you know, you got a product like Rap Snacks and nobody understood it. I'm like, well, why should I distribute your product, right? So they're like life, you know, or, you know, they, they can be, you know, dictate whether your business continues or your business dies. Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Podcast. Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here and so happy to have you on today's episode. Man, this one is really cool. I don't know if you've ever heard of the brand Rap Snacks before because I hadn't until a few years ago. And then when I did, I started to do some research and saw how interesting James Lindsay's brand was. This is the cool thing that he's done. What he's been able to do is he's been able to identify the fact that culture really is the determinant of buying behavior. And from that little insight, he's been able to use hip hop culture and really ride along with the success of that culture to find partnerships with hip hop artists and brand his snackware with their images and their likenesses. And as their careers improve and their songs do better, his food sells, his his brand sells, it's genius. I thought from a branding perspective, it was low-key fucking dope. It was a great idea. And, uh, and it turns out when I did my research that the brand had been around for over 20 years. And so we that was just scratching the surface. And this man is a, a corn, can you say cornucopia? A cornucopia of marketing, branding, and just general entrepreneurship knowledge, you know, from the bottom to the top. And he has been all over the, uh, the internet with his accomplishments as well. You can research him. And so it was an honor to have him on the show. And I think you're going to get a lot from his experience. Now, while you are checking him out, make sure you check out everything else that is part of the new wave. And and part of why I have people, James and people like him on is because he is someone who understands that, that cycles come and waves come and we have to learn how to work with the tide and roll with the changes in business and technology. And that is what I've dedicated the next phase of my career to is keeping you apprised of what's happening in the new wave, in the new economy, in the new wave of business, in the new wave of technology. And you can check all that stuff out on newwaveentrepreneur.com. That's where we have all the most recent updates on the site. It's also where I have the link to the new wave discord. And I really want you to check out the new wave discord uh, because that's where we have real time community. And you know, there's, there's like levels to it, right? There's people who are just going to listen to the podcast and who will never be part of the email list or people who are part of the email list, but it'll never be part of the discord. But you know, there are like levels of disclosure you get. And as you have more interaction with a community, it means more to you. And the people who are in the discord really are starting to form the inner circle of our community. And that's where people are going to get the news first about what we're working on, about where we're doing meetups, about giveaways that I'm doing. I do a lot of crypto giveaways in there. So I definitely recommend you check out the Discord uh, channel. It's uh, newwaveentrepreneur.com. You can click on the button to join the Discord uh, once you're on that page. And also I'm going to do updates for everything else that we have coming up uh, within the community on this website. So we're doing these series of dinners as well. And if you're listening to this show, probably the first dinner is already passed. That was in LA and we rented out a 21 acre uh, mountain estate in the hills above Topanga and we had a, a cellist who came out and, and played us incredible music and we had uh, catered food by a gourmet chef and we did mastermind. We, deep, we did a deep dive into our business. Of course, there was some jacuzzi time and pool time and uh, just incredible scenic vistas and we shot some content, recorded some podcasts. I mean, it was just an incredible meeting of minds and you'll get to hear and see more of that as we release some of that content. But we're doing these dinners uh, all over the country and I'd like to actually do a few all over the world. Uh, through the coming months, I'd like to do at least three during the summer. And so uh, the next one, I haven't actually decided where we're going to do it. But as soon as I know, it's going to be on newwaveentrepreneur.com. So make sure you go to that website and check out what we're doing, as well as sign up for email notifications and text notifications so that when we do these dinners, you get get notified because I want you to be there. Honestly, I make almost all my friends through experiences that I either create or attend. Did you just hear my dog moaning in the background? 
this is where I get most of my friends from. So come on and, uh, and come out and see us. And also bring your business problems. The part of this is you getting around really smart people who are also working on challenges that are important to them and working through uh, what is going on. And a lot of times coming to clarity just through talking through your challenges and having some accountability around it. It's so important to have community. I keep coming back to this. It's like, you know, we saw this through the pandemic that you can have as much money as you want, but if you are isolated, it feels bad no matter who you are. And not that money isn't important and we're striving to make more and we want to be affluent, but also we want a sense of belonging to people who we feel care about our goals, our ambitions, and our lives. And so we are creating these communities by doing these dinners, by hosting these dinners. So I hope that you can come to one. So check out newwayofentrepreneur.com for updates on that. And uh, what else can I say? Whatever platform you're listening to this on, make sure you're subscribed so you get the updates when the show drops. Spotify, iTunes, and leave a comment or a review uh, so that we know that you are tuned in and listening to us. And we'd love to hear from you. And that's all I got for you today, guys. Much love. And let's jump into this episode with James Lindsay. Let's start with this. Let's start with a. Let's start with a, a curveball question. Um, is entrepreneurship for everybody? James Lindsay, is entrepreneurship for everybody? Um, no, not at all. No, it, entrepreneurship is not for everyone because it takes a person that really understands that you have to be the same guy every day, whether your peaks are you know you know at one point. And your valleys are at another point. You still got to be the same consistent guy. Be getting up every morning, every day, and putting the work in. If you don't have that, then go go get a regular job. Well, I mean, consistency is the thing I think humans have the most trouble with. Period. Right. Absolutely. You know, because again, a lot of times, you know, you know, you hear the slogan, "Find your purpose, find your passion." It takes time. It takes yep. time. You have to go through trials and tribulations to find out what you really love to do, you know, and that's that's really the truth about that. What what I get what I get from that. I mean, we'll talk about more specifically your like your experience, but what I'm kind of thinking about the philosophy right now of entrepreneurship. What I get from that is you have to be able to fail enough times to find what it is that you're good at, what you're bad at, what you like, what you don't like, the right types of people that you want to be around the right types of situations you want to be in, the right types of products that you like. And you have to be able to be, do that enough, to grow enough over a long enough period of time to find the thing that you can be successful at. And most people don't have the wherewithal to withstand that many years of trials and tribulations, finding yourself, doing the work, getting fucked up to get to the results. But everyone wants the result. That's what I heard. Absolutely. I mean, everybody wants the result, but everybody don't want to do what it takes to get the results. Everyone wants to participate in the outcome, but they don't want to do the work to get to the outcome. They want to like be on stage with, with Snoop and everyone at the Super Bowl. Yeah, we did it. We did it. But it's like 40 years of work, you know? Okay. So I will tell the, I, I will tell the audience a little bit about my perspective on just the products that I, that I have known you for, and then we can, we can dive in. Okay, cool. So everyone, this is James Lindsay. Uh, he is well known for a, a host of consumer product brands, but specifically one called Wrap Snacks, which basically uses it, it, it utilizes the existing brands of artists and entrepreneurs to promote the product, which is pretty smart. And if you look at, there's a great book by Jack Trout and L. Rias um, called Positioning, and another one called Twenty Two Immutable Laws of Marketing. And in that book, uh, they talk about um, being able to hook your brand to another brand or another concept that's already in someone's mind. And that's why I thought that this was such an innovative product because you took things that were already naturally viral, they're doing the marketing for you when they're creating hit songs and you're attaching the artist's face with their permission, which creates a partnership onto these products and then the culture markets it for you. And so as soon as they see your product in the store, they immediately think of the artist, which they know and love and they just buy it and they also like the taste. I think that's genius. Uh, that is how I originally came to 
understand your like who you were. And then I looked back on your resume, which your team sent me, and I saw that you'd been doing this for 25 years now and that you had experience working with in other consumer product goods before then and that you also have a now like a family of consumer brands and you have all the other stuff you're doing. So, huh, okay, so let's, so, so in lieu of all that, can you please start from the beginning of how you got to this point? Yes. Yeah, um, well, starting out initially, I started out in Philadelphia. Um, like you said, I worked for a company called Johnson Products. Uh, Mr. Johnson um, at that time was the, one of the biggest black-owned brands in uh, the country. Uh, they had Ultrasine, you know, besides, you know, all these hair care products. And I was able to come right out of school and really work for a black entrepreneur who I can see success through my, through my own eyes, through him, which taught me a lot about marketing, taught me a lot about developing brands. And I took that knowledge and went to other companies. Uh, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I want to be like that guy. But I don't want to do hair care. What other products can I do besides hair care? So it brings me to the other, you know, I always talk about loving what you do. I'm a, I'm a snacker, man. I love snacking. Right? <laughs> I just love snacking. <laughs> you know? So I was a kid that would go into the corner store and buy 25 cents bags of chips, put them in one bag, shake them up, and I'm home watching the game. I'm doing, you know, and, and I know exactly that, what you're doing. Yes, you're not knowing in your mind that it's creating taste buds that eventually I was going to use to to do all these wild <laughs> flavors that we have on Rap Snacks today. You know, so and when you say trust the process, it really was a process you know, getting here and understanding how to develop a brand. And like you said, how to attach my brand to other brands that makes my brand bigger. Who was right? the first musician that you attached yourself to? Well, the first musicians, plural. Musicians. Were, yeah, we had um, a deal with Universal Music Group, which uh, we put, you know, we put Nelly, Lil Wayne, Master P. We put all of these South. artists bags and before that you know our, our, our character on the bag was called mc potato right and I, I sold a lot of products with them you know i was that was my first two flavors i put out was called barbecue on my honey and back at the ranch and i sold a lot of products just with that character on it you know um, just a character I, I, yes but i felt like it was time to because ultimately you got to show people the success of, you know, of a brand without them envisioning what I, what I had in my mind. I was like, I said, eventually we're going to have real artists on my bags, but I got to show them that, that I can create. So that was your MVP. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. How did you differentiate when you're going to, I assume that you go to different vendors, you say, this is the product that we have. Do you want to buy it for your stores or for, you know, wholesale or whatever? How do you differentiate? Because there's already Frito-Lays out there. How do you? Well, I mean, First and foremost, you, you, we have the artists in our bags, right? So that's a point of difference. Well, but, before that, when you just had the... Oh, so, okay, before that, it was actually flavor profiles. Because, you know, you know and it still is today. That's our... That's flavor our, profiles. Right? I mean, we had barbecue with my honey, right? Now, everybody had a plain barbecue. Nobody, everybody had a plain ranch, right? But we had solid, you know, we had a, like a back at the ranch. So they're like, what is that? Right, because I kind of <laughs> what is back at the ranch? What is barbecue with my honey? You know, so you know, with that language and that marketing, you know, they were in their minds like, well, let me try this. And you know, let the taste test as you're going around, and they said, oh, this is better and different. Exactly. In addition okay. to that, it was rap snack. So at the time, 26 years ago, rap was starting to peak. People were like, really, like, oh, well, uh, hey, this is part of the culture, you know. And you know, the first two days that I had that product on the marketplace. I sold 800 cases the first two hours, I mean. Two How hours. many in the case? In the case, there were 24 in the case. Wow. 800? Yeah, 800 cases. To yes. who? To my distributors, my distributor, and he was selling to what they call independent jobbers who they go and buy the product from them. Uh-huh. They go to the stores. Uh-huh. Right? And, and this is what the, the first run of branded Rap Snacks products with UMG's artists. Absolutely. And absolutely. And let me back up too, because 
you know, when you when you believe in something, you know, it's always an extra factor that's factored in what people don't really realize when you are successful in the yep. business. When I, I thought about rap snacks one day, I was sitting there thinking about, you know, how could how do I do my own business? And you know, you, when you're when you're a true entrepreneur, you're always overthinking, thinking all the time. You can't sleep. You're thinking about, you know, this idea, that idea. Oh yeah, you know, I know that. And, you know, all the stuff people let the ideas flow because the one that's going to resonate with you is really the idea that you should go with. So mm-hmm. I got up the next day. I called this company called Nibbles and Gibbles, and a, a, a guy uh, named Bob Forner answered the phone. He was like a 65-year-old white guy, and he knew nothing about hip-hop. But I said, hey, you know, I got this great idea, Bob. I want to make a, a brand called Rap Snacks, and I want you to make it for me. And they did private label at the time. And he goes, James, uh, I know nothing about hip-hop, but it sounds like a great idea to me. Come see me tomorrow, right? <laughs> I went to see this guy the next day, and um, he said, well, James, you're going to need you know, money for packaging. You're going to need money, you know, for, you know, for boxes. And, you know, we can't front you, you know, any money on, on this because we don't know whether it's going right. to be successful. You know, so I had to go back to my friends and family that raised $40,000 at the time. 40000 For the MVP? Yes. You know, yes. Okay. What is, and then what does that cover? Well, that covered, you know, my first orders. That covered the packaging that I had to pay for, the boxes, the seasoning, everything. Mm-hmm. How many I, units is that? Uh, well, I said it was 800 cases, so it was 800 cases. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Did you already sell them out before you put the order in? No, no. Okay. I just talked it up. And I told the guys I got something coming. You know, uh, I gave got them it. information. I had a meeting with some of the distributors before. I did pre-sell it, but they didn't commit to it. I just told okay. them, hey, I got something that's different. But when it first came in and once they taste the product, they, they were like, oh, wow, this is really different. It's good. They have to taste it. Yeah, with this type of product, they have to taste it. You know, so um, took it out, man, and you know, it was it was history. You know, from there, you know, it was really, I knew I had something. Like, okay. how how much of the element of it is? And I was one of this too because I have a I have a business that's a, it's a it's a it's a consumer product business, and we're not marketing it as the. I'll even show you here. I have it. So this is called Strength of Seduction, and this is a couples workout DVD program, and really? yeah, so it's so yeah. it's designed for couples to get in shape build intimacy, burn calories. We have a book that goes with, we have an app and you know, we don't, we don't market it as like, this is for black couples, but we show black people. It's clearly a black product. How how much of the, by the way, people still buy DVDs, a lot of DVDs, which is so funny. Yes, they do. What the fuck? And, um, but my question to you is how much of what you're selling has the element of this is a black business. Mm -hmm. Why is 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 that important? Yes, it is. I mean, because it's always the person behind the business, right? Because, you know, like I always say this and it's very true. You know, we're the biggest consumers in the world, right? But we don't, we don't produce anything, right? You posted that on Instagram. Yes. So it's the, that made me so mad. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's very true. Everything from our communities over extracted, but nothing's put back in. That's because we're not producing anything. You know, so if you, um, you know, our country, you don't produce oil and you got to buy oil from other people, what's yeah. going to happen? They're going to get rich. And they say about New Jack City back in the day, you, you don't, and the poor don't get a damn thing, right? <laughs> All, yeah, only imports, no exports. Uh, exactly. You know? Exactly. All, and there's, you know, there's what? There's 40 million uh, black people in America right now, about 40 million. Yes. And uh, we have some of the biggest per capita spending, consumer spending. We... And we also create, I'm biased, but I would say the majority of the culture. Like, Absolutely. We're creating Absolutely. music, we're creating sports, we're creating entertainment, and we're some of the most popular, high-grossing, most anticipated performance. I mean, everyone knows this. So we're making all this for everyone else. Meanwhile, most of the businesses that we're a part of, we don't have an ownership stake in. Well, hey, you know, that's, whew, I mean, you, you, know? Speak- you know that. Yeah, you know that. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you know that. Even the artists I've worked with, you know, all you know, they'll tell you. You know, Meek will tell you about this. You know, I preach to him: take half the money, get half an ownership. But get ownership. You know, now he, you know, today he's like, James, you did tell me that. I'm telling you because, you know, the money, the value of money won't have the same value ten years now, ten years later. But you, they want you to take the money. Right? They want you to take the money. They that's, want you to take it. That's the bait. You know, that's the bait. Yeah. Right. But the value of a company and a brand mm-hmm. 
will live longer than oh, artists yeah. and everybody else out here in the marketplace. I mean, I saw this just in person. You know, I, I released a book with uh, with Random House, so that's a okay. major publishing company. Okay. And just similar, similar to a you know a music company, they have ownership over the intellectual property. Basically, right. they own right. it. And so I thought I was getting a good deal. I mean, I you know I don't regret doing it with them, but I thought I was getting a good deal. I got a, a six figure book deal. Right. They're going to give me 165 k to do my first book. Right. I'm young. I'm thinking this is amazing. You know. Right. Mm -hmm. I, but I'm doing all the pushing. I'm growing the social media. I have the email list. I have all the the leverage, right? right? Except that they're cutting the check and they're producing the thing. Right. So right. I go and I launch it, and it crushes. And the right. numbers, if you were to do a per book per sale number, you right. know, they paid me 150. By the way, they paid me this 150 over two years. Over two years, they paid me this 150, this 165 okay. over two years, yeah. and. I would have made the first week 600K. The, just the first week, just the first week, if I had kept the ownership of that book. And it still sells every day. And they put it in bookstores. And, and I, so I'm happy for the distribution of my name, but right. I, I lost on that. Now I yeah. know. Yeah, but now you know. So I always tell people, <laughs> whoops. This is right. This is important. You lost on that, but you've learned on the next one, right? It was and, worth the money to learn. Right. And that same one gave you enough um, head, of, head start that your next book, you can basically name your tune. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, exactly. you know, so, it's getting every, every um, bad lesson that you learn. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, but it's just something to look at when we think about, too, just the ownership within the community. It's like making sure that we're intentionally building things and uh, that we have something to give our families. I know for me, I'm having to start now in this generation thinking, what am I going to leave for the people after me? Because I don't have any, no, nothing was given to me. Nothing. It's all from zero. And I have a lot of friends, and it's just not their fault, but they have a lot given to them. A right. lot. Like, they start at plus 10. They right. start with portfolios. They start with homes. They start right. with money, right. endowments, right. you know? And I'm just like, damn, like, I didn't even know what credit was, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean... I had to learn all of that. Yeah, that's the issue we have as, you know, Afro-Americans in this country, especially our this generation that we're talking about, because, again, we, we started from nothing. You know, and we're still starting for nothing because, again, you know, you have that 2% of people that, like you said, they have, you know, endowments, they have, you know, nice- They got a whole system set up that they're born into. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty deep. I, well, and, I, and I like to talk about this on the podcast because I like to bring some awareness to it. And, you know, even I was, I have a, I have a friend, one of, my, one of my best friends, white guy, great guy, love him. And, you know, but- it's, there's a certain awareness that isn't there to people who aren't living in that world. So, for instance, he went to an antique shop and he thought that it was a uh, he thought that it was it was uh, there was a cool little set of shackles that he would buy, and you know as a nice cool antique, and he put them up on his wall. And I walk into his house, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what the fuck is that, bro? Like that's giving me PTSD just being here. Like what the fuck is that? He's like, oh, isn't that cool? I'm like. Yo, like my right. spider sense is going crazy right now. And I had to explain to him why this would be. A, and he was like, oh, man, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So I think people don't even realize the privilege that they will come into, the knowledge and understanding that is passed down to them, that, that, that they see as normal, that, you know, oh, doesn't everyone have a savings? Doesn't everyone have a college fund? Doesn't everyone's family help them get their first house or car? No. Some right. people start from everyone before me was in prison, <laughs> you know, or on drugs. And I'm ground zero very true you know and that's a different type of hustle very different very different i definitely you know? agree so okay over 20 over 20 plus years you know you've continued to grow this brand now you have um like a whole bunch of different consumer products what's right. the what's the entire spectrum look like what is it on a daily basis you know how many products are you managing like how many brands yeah well we you know we have the rap snacks brand i own another brand called mr g which is out of philadelphia um, it's a snack food brand that we own for. What's it called? Mr. G Snack Foods. And then I have a brand of wine called Wifey. And I'll put this wifey. up. Yeah, Wifey. Right? The and brand name, oh, I, I know exactly what you're doing. Talk, how did you come up with that name? You know, I mean, I, I just felt like. It's so good. It's, I felt like the women that are that true, you know, um, trailblazer that really are out here in the community that are here working, that they are really the true wifeys out here. You know, they're driving, you know, that initiative, you know, for that powerful, you know, woman out there that, you know, is, you know, getting past all the stereotypes of, 
oh, well, I'm, I'm a housewife and I can't do X, Y, and Z. So the wife, you know, they're like the next level of women, man. That's what, that's what I came up with. I'm, I'm laughing. If, you can, if you're listening to this on audio, I'm laughing because all of that is true. And the branding, uh, let's talk about the branding. You yes. know who you're targeting. Absolutely. The name, the colors. And, and what type of, is that a rosé? Absolutely. You know, it's a rosé? Rosé. I know for a fact, if my wife saw that in a store, her eyes would immediately zone yes. in on it. She would see it and put it in the basket. Absolutely. That is why I'm laughing because you're like so casual about it. Like, oh, this is just a brand for the, you know, for the nice, powerful women out there. But like you have honed in on an avatar and that's how you sell, man. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, great branding. You have that because if you don't have a billion dollars of marketing money, you got to have a, something, an idea that's going to be instantly, instantly emotional connection. Everything I do is a commercial, is the most yeah. emotional connection from, from rap snacks to wifey. So anything I do, you know, it's like, hey, how do I create that emotion in that consumer where like, oh, I got to try this. And when they try it, I trust me, they can come back again. So, so okay, okay, let me, let me draw this, this picture here for the, for the listener. Because yeah. your products, especially the ones that are these consumer brands, they're, 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 you're eating them, it's food. Right. They're going to be compared to everything else that's on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And if all of your packaging or the hooks for your products or the way that they're positioned – creates that difference where it's not like anything else on the shelf. Right. And that is the real value. Now, just like, for instance, like a click-through on a, on a thumbnail on YouTube, 80% of the people stop at the barrier. They're not going to buy right. you know, of just the packaging of it. But if you can get through, and if you can get more people to like click through, which is to, to buy in your case, to, to, to buy your thing, then the conversion is the taste. You know, the only, the click through is, is the packaging on the bag. If you can get them to click through by having a good packaging, that's step number one. Yes. Step number two is to convert with just the taste and it has to be a good taste and a unique taste enough that they're like, well, even if it maybe is a little bit more expensive than Lay's, I don't know if it is, I right. like the taste better and I'll yeah. seek it out. Yeah. It's not even more expensive than Lay's. I mean, we try to stay. Okay. Well then. Guys too. Great. You know, um, you know, they did a big bad wolf, so we try to stay. Underneath those guys. Oh, you, you want to get bought by them eventually, right? It's not the. I mean, maybe you don't want to. Maybe you don't want to sell, but wouldn't that be the goal? I mean, you know, they always say everybody. Um, you know, you, you start a business to sell a business, right? You know, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've been in twenty years. You got. I mean, I'm oh, sure yeah. at any time. Yes. You just you don't have, you don't have maybe the deal that you want yet, but I'm right. sure any time you could call them. But you want them to respect it and give you what you get get your money. You know. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and you know, I talked to a friend of mine who sold his business today. And we were talking about this subject, and the subject is basically we were saying, you know, you know, hey, I'm enjoying what I'm doing too. So, and I'm making money at the same time. So, right, you don't you're, have to sell. You're doing, and you, and you, and you're making money. Hey, you know, you got to make oh. that I can't refuse. Because you're not going to start all over again. You're already doing this. It took 26 years. What are you going to do? You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, you're already making cash flow from the business, but at some point. Oh yeah, you know everyone. It's, I mean, if you have, but that's why I like your brands because they're like you could s- potentially even just sell off one of the lines and keep another line. Absolutely, you know, versatile. That's why we have different sub brands. You know, we got mm-hmm. uh, uh, we got the um, le- new lemonade that we started. You know, it's the yep. Uwe, Uwe uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that little baby? Yes, yeah, little baby on the Uwe lemonade. I mean, <laughs> you know, we, I mean, wrap snacks, Uwe. I mean, we got all these different brands that. Are sub brands that eventually will become their own, their own brand, right? So, and we're thinking down the line, you know, outside the box, you know, on everything we do, and we have an all-in, the all-in flavor, which is, you know, we do an all-in hot, we can do all-in cheddar. That's another brand, <laughs> you know. It's just, you know, it's just you, you know, on and on. If I were to guess, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just going to guess. Sure. Most of your sales come from the southeast in Texas. Mm, no. No. Okay, tell me. I'm interested. You know, I mean, our, our, our core and our business in, used to be the East Coast, right? East Coast, yeah. So, like, Southeast, like... Yeah, that's where I started at, you know. Yeah. Now, um, you know, the South and the Midwest, pretty huge for us. The Midwest, yeah. yeah they're pretty huge for us. I mean, they, uh, our product does really well. Atlanta is our number one market. That makes sense. Yeah. That, yeah, I was, I was looking at, like, uh, different types of... Uh, demographic data for like when I was looking at um, uh, like uh, 
Comcast advertisements and different types of demographic data. Oh, well, the AA audience in this area and then advertising in this segment. So I'm always interested to see where where the audience is concentrated and where, where, where Atlanta, obviously. Yeah, I mean, but LA is really big for us too. You know, you know, it's, I mean, we, we're like, you know, it, you know, if you think about rap snacks, just think about the culture of hip hop and yeah. where, you know, it's concentrated on, because it's, it's not, this product is just not, you know, black people minded. It's the people that are engulfed into the culture of that. So we sell, you know, you know, of course, Atlanta is, is the, it's the hub of, of the culture now, right? So of course we're gonna do really well there. But we do well in a lot of other areas that you'd be like, wow, they we so you know, we so product over there in Oregon. Do people like consumer behavior, now we're just talking nitty gritty, do people order potato chips or soda or things online to, in yes. advance? Well yes. Really? Individuals. Yes, they do. And we're we're just starting to I believe it. To do a lot more online direct to consumer. And yes, they yeah. do. They do. I mean, you know. Would it be families? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Snacking, man, is the number one pastime, man, with music. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, yeah, well. With rap snacks, snacking, you know, and music. We combine with both of them. So we're, 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 we're ahead of um, the curve when it comes to that. I, well, I think, I, I definitely think so. And I think that. Um, one thing I'm curious, and I'm not sure if I've seen it yet. Have you guys tried product placement and putting it in either in different like television or music? Yeah, maybe we, you probably already have. We've done it for a long time. If you go back, um, we've done a lot of, uh, of stuff like that. But we're going to be doing more in the future, you know. But it was more organic. People were asked for the product and just put it in because they just love the product, you know. One one thing I would I'm curious about your opinion of is I I have always said for years that most businesses have the same problems you know and they're they're completely different and exactly the same so you might have your business and it's completely different from what I'm doing but we're gonna have similar problems depending on what stage of growth we're at mm-hmm. um, what have you found from your journey in terms of like maybe a few big ahas because as as you've evolved over 26 years of of learning. What right. have been some of the big points along the way where you thought, oh, that was an important lesson, especially as someone who is looking back now on a, on a career that is evolving, but I would say successful? Yeah. Um, the first and foremost is distribution because you can have the best product in the world if, like I said earlier, if you can't get it in people's hands, you know, it's, you know, it's definitely going to be an issue. Physical or digital, depending on what your thing is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I went city to city, you know, finding distributors. You know, now, you know, we have 40 to 50 distributors up and down the street, you know, just in the inner city areas around the country. You know, we have all other distributors, you know, the McLean's of the world, all these guys who sell to Walmart and sell these other big chains, you know, but it's, you know, it's like, you know, I didn't know how important, you know, how hard it was. I knew how important it was, but how hard it was because, you know, you got a product like Rap Snacks and nobody understood it. I'm like, well, why should I distribute your product? Right. So they like life, you know, or, you know, they, they can be, you know, dictate whether your business continues or your business dies. You know, and most of you know, people in the culture, they start these businesses, but they don't have distribution. So they go yeah. to, you know, do publishing like you did. And they go to these other companies and they give them these deals like, oh, you think you got a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you got to go through this, this distribution platform because there's no other black, you know, no even no other distribution platform, you know, not no other black distribution platforms, you know, so, you know, that's where we get, that's where, you know, that's where we get confused. That was my biggest, that was my biggest, you know, lesson, like, hey, I got to establish this distribution and that's going to be the key, not only for rap snacks, but for any other products that I bring behind that, you know, because, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, it's something that people don't have. And was that just a matter of building the relationships of having a great product and then building the relationships with people who ran those distribute the distributors? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You. I mean, calling you, them up and saying, "Hello, I'm James Lindsay. I'm new here. Yes. I have a product. It's pretty good. Would you like to try it? Oh, you can't do it today. I'll call you tomorrow. When yes. can I come by? I have a product like that. Oh, but you know, you, you missed the point. I'll send you samples and I'll call you yeah. back. You know. So, yeah. And once you taste that. You're going to be calling me like, James, you didn't call me. I love this product. Yeah. So, 
you know, that was the, you know, I would call them, but I'm, so I'm sending samples. The next time I call them, it's going to be. What was your hit rate? When you would send out a product, how often would they want to distribute for you? Yeah, it was at least 90%, you know. Oh, well, then, then, then you know your product was a winner. My product was a winner because, yeah. again, I think the best form of advertising for any brand and product is putting your, your product in people's hands. You know, well, that, once they try it, you know. That's key cool. because uh, the great packaging couldn't have helped a shitty product because they would have had to try it eventually. You know, I would say you can put Jesus on the bag. That product, <laughs> they're going to be like, Jesus, I love you, but. I'm well, not. Yeah, but in our culture, we do a lot of. Fake it till you make it, shiny shit, Instagram, right. not the real shit. And we think it's going to be enough. It's not enough. Yeah, that's because, again, they don't have the knowledge to know that, you know, what facilitate repeat business is actually what's inside of the bag or what's the nitty gritty of your product. Yes. So they're yes. just trying to get on and I have a business, but don't really understand what the secret sauce is. You have a hustle, which is not wrong, but it's not, right. it's the, the hustle. You The hustle is the first part of a business. And right. sometimes you never turn it into a business. Sometimes it's just a hustle. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just, that's why I brought you on. That's because you make money. You know, you know, you just yeah. make Right. Yeah. yeah. I, and, I, well, and that's why I brought you on because you have two decades of experience and people need right. to know that it's not enough to just have a hot product. We were talking about this before we went on air. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to just have a hot product. It's consistency over time showing up uh, and having a, a product where I would assume that your product is also getting better over time. You know? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, it's getting better and better. I mean, our, our hit rate is is crazy right now. I mean, all the new products we, we 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 put out, you know, two or three different products in the last six months. You are putting out new ones. Yeah, I keep okay. hearing. You know, you you have these big companies. They might put out four or five yeah. products a quarter. We put out 12, 13. Snoop just put out uh, a product with you guys. Yeah, it, it's not out yet. You know, but um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it'll be coming. This is the uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, are you going to do anything in the uh, in the in the digital space? In the digital space, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, everyone's doing NFTs and stuff now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we know. Yeah. You know, I mean, they got so many companies out here, man. We got to find the so right many. situation and, and yeah. make sure it's, it's on brand. You know, yep. and I, got, I got all these companies saying we can do this and do that. I'm like, let me take my time with you know because you know, here's the thing. You know, you only have one. You only have one shot at it. And we want to make sure you have to do it well. It's doing well and it's calculated. Yeah, you have to do it well. I'm also waiting to release anything because I'm like, if I do it, it has to be well done. Well done. Well done. I'm not going to rug pull anybody. I'm not going to fuck anybody over. So it has to be done well. And I want it to work. (laughs) Right. You know, because you got one shot at it, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got one shot. And if if it works, you got got another part of your business that you didn't have the, the day before. You know what I'm thinking about doing, and I want to get your opinion on this yeah. now that we're talking about digital for a minute. This is what I'm testing out in April. I'm testing out doing some of these interviews in the metaverse. So we're actually going to use the Facebook Oculus headset, and I'm going to construct, I'm already working on this, a digital New Wave Entrepreneur studio set with my logos, right. chairs, and I would, for instance, mail you an Oculus. We could sit in the digital studio and have the interview. I would right. stream it on the different platforms, and you could watch it. And as you watch it, the video would cut between us live like this, wearing the headsets, and us in the metaverse having the conversation. Does that sound stupid, or does it sound good? I love it, because see, here's the thing. With the metaverse and you know all this new technology, the biggest issue that you have with our average consumers, they don't understand. So once right. you show them, and you put them in, in that setting, then you are you're converting new customers yes like that every day. And that's the biggest thing. They're like, what? Like, they don't understand what a metaverse is. <laughs> well, either. You know, like, you know, so, you know, the first ones out there that can make it simple, but also, you know, get these guys to, you know, really understand like, oh, it's not that hard. This is what it is. And you can join yeah. this because it's all about Give them the, yeah. the metaverse, right? So yeah. you convert these, converting. And you convert these guys you know, it's, it's really bodes well for your brand. That could be a lesson for you that, or, or, or a lesson that uh, you could also give to other people in terms of converting people. You right. have also used your brand to convert people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's what's, that's what's so scary about our brand. You know, like, you know, we're like the new wave. We're like the new Tesla in the marketplace, you know, like. That's yeah. why I didn't know that you were 20 plus years old. I was like, what? Yeah. What? Yes. You know, 
That's older than I thought, which is good. I rebranded the brand six years ago. So, and like, and I tell people, it's like we're a six-year-old company, but we're actually been in business for twenty for twenty-six years. So, you know, um, but it feels like we you know, this is a brand new company. You know, and what, what brand were you before this six no, years ago? We were Rapsnacks, but I'm right. saying when we rebranded it. That's when it really took off. When I rebranded right, right, six right. years ago, you know, it's like it really did a. You know, I, I put new artists on it. Yep. Update artists. We had the Amigos when they were first doing bad and bougie. So it yep. was really, we were like, you know, at the time we couldn't have been better. They did a song called Get This Off A Bag of Rap Snacks, Rap <laughs> Jingle, and that went viral. And then, you know, now, then we, once we had that exposure, it was up to me to get the distribution and also, you know, keep bringing out artists, different flavor profiles to really get to where we're at today. And we still have a ways to go, but I mean, we, we really have, you know, uh, you know, experienced tremendous growth in the last couple of years. What would you say, what would you say has surprised you most about, I guess, I guess, what would you say has, has surprised you most about your, your journey? Like, has something been harder than you anticipated? Like, what is, what has been shocking to you about the journey in entrepreneurship? Um, I think once, you know, I started hitting them valleys, right? You know, it was always something in my mind, like, wow, this is getting hard. But it's always something that came just in time to be like, oh, wow, man, you still you still have the opportunity to take this where you want to take it at, all right? So what was so surprising about me is that my journey is like, hey, you know, it was always that time when I, I was feeling like I was like, wasn't going to do anything, it wasn't going fast enough, that something happened that made me be like, oh, well, this, you know, I need to keep going. This is really going to happen, you know? and that's just like, this is the wave of energy, man, that you have if you're doing something every day. And the same thing, eventually, you know, you're going to be successful at it. It's just, you know, it might take five years, it might take 10 years, it might take 25 years, but if you're consistently getting up every day and doing that, trust me, man, you know, and you enjoy it because that's, I love what I do. I, yeah, I would say there's, um, there's a powerful image of this. There's the, there's the, there's the, the first one where it's, the two diamond miners and one is is just seconds from the the diamond and about to break through and the other one is in the same place but is now discouraged and it's turning around it's the idea of being able to persist long enough for a breakthrough right um, one note i want to make to to listeners is it's like for this is not just my own experience i can only speak from my own experience but luck and persistence go hand in hand if you're lucky early which some people are and it it causes us who are watching to have a skewed sense of how long things take. Mm-hmm. When you're lucky early, right. even if you're lucky early, you have to have persistence to be able to maintain that luck. Right. Otherwise, the luck goes away. Mm-hmm. Whether it's money, whether it's fame, whether it's success. Right. You you can't you have to capture lightning in a bottle then develop a process. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes you're not lucky early and in that case you start with persistence. Got it. And then over years it ends in what looks like luck. But it's not luck. Right. It was the cumulative buildup. And that leads me to my second, I'm like making a long point now, leads me to my second point, which is the idea of a water dripping on a stone and it finally cracking right. and it not being the last drop, but the thousand drops before that that cracked the stone. So I'm just yeah. trying to give you some imagery. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Persistence. Absolutely. You know? I get it. Absolutely. I mean, it makes totally sense. Okay. What would be, I'm, I'm trying to ask you, ask you some very Anderson Cooper questions. Sure. As we, as we wrap here. Okay. What would be your advice to... Uh, someone who I think like a lot of people are maybe unsure of how to find what it is mm-hmm. that they're passionate about in life. Right. Because, well, I'll let you fill in the blank. Yeah. So make a list of some of the things you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. All right. You make a list of, hey, I enjoy, you know, creating things. I enjoy doing X, Y, and Z. Make that list and go down of it and, and think about, okay, how can I start a business? It's what I enjoy doing, but find a way to start a business that you enjoy doing that may be a unique and different from what other people are doing out in the marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you know, you, you solve a couple of issues. One, that you're working every day and you're enjoying it. It's not like you're not working. It's like getting up in the morning like, wow, I, I got to do this. I got to take a shower. I got to brush my teeth. It's something that you do every day, right? As I said earlier, you know, number two is that now you find a uniqueness in what you love. It's very important. You know, my uniqueness and what I loved was creating snack foods, eating snack food, 
know, it's just simple, very simple, you know. But, you know, whether I found it, whether it was, you know, well thought out or whether it was just something that was meant to be, I found my niche and my purpose. And you got to spend time on finding that. You know, it's just not going to happen overnight. So it's called preparation, preparing, thinking, meditating about what you really love to do. You know, when you do that, you're going to find a niche. I mean, it's not like if you just one of them guys or you're just sitting in the house every day not doing anything, then it might be a little hard for you. <laughs> but, you know. Well, one thing I think is, is practical, and I, I really recommend because I think that you have, you know, not trying to be, you know, too overzealous with the praise, but I think you have understated, underst- you have an understated apprehension of the marketing that you're doing. I would encourage people to go out and read some of the books. I'll put some in the show notes, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, Positioning. There's another one called um, Category King, I think. But what has made your brand so successful is the twofold approach of one, having really strong marketing hooks. Obviously, timing comes with it. It's a very good time in hip hop right now. And that's important to note. Yeah, it is. But there are other trends that are happening in the world that you as a listener could attach yourself to and you have to have a sound product, but it helps to be attached to a rising ship. Absolutely, yes. So, so yeah, that's what all I would say is that as you're giving these points, mm-hmm. you found what you love, but also you combine. It was the way you twisted it. It wasn't just the snack. Yeah. It's oh, the yeah. no, it was a point of difference, as I say all the time. You know, yes. really, it's a strong one. Yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, and, you know, it has to be strong to be successful. Because yeah, it does. Millions of people are here. Who are they? They they fail every day in what they're doing, you know. And uh, yeah. Also remember, as you're listening too, you can have a if you have a a tiny sliver of a huge market, it's a lot of money. Better believe it. <laughs> Better believe it. You know. Yeah. I when mean, you're I, when you're I, moving tens of thousands of units. Yes. Yeah. You know. You, you know. You, I've never felt. I never said that I'm going to go and capture the whole snack food market. I just, just give me. A you don't need to. A piece of it. You know, um, and I'm incremental to the category as well. I'm not saying uh-huh. that if someone aboard me or whatever, that my brand will be, you know, um, caramelizing their brand. No, it wouldn't. You know? No. The, well, the thing is, yeah, you're, you're, you're uh, um, a, my friend Daniel Leslie, it's a, we call it a culture ad. You're, an, you're adding to, right. you know, so if someone buys your uh, brand, they're basically buying that demographic. They're saying, well... Or they're they're buying that uh, they're buying that market share that you've developed that right. one one percent or whatever. Absolutely. Can you give us some ideas on uh, like how many units you you've moved on your best year? What your averages are? Like what's to expect in an entry like this? I have no context for this this market. Yeah, I mean units. I mean we we sell hundreds of millions of units right now. Yeah, I mean that's you know back you know back bizarre to me. Yeah, you know back in the day we were selling a hundred thousand you know units you know a week and. You know, um, but all I mean, you know, we, you know, we we sell you know a lot, a lot of units, you know, fast over, you know, several uh, SKUs and products that we that we uh, we sell every day, and and we're selling more. I mean, we're growing, you know, uh, pretty quick. So yeah, you've moved hundreds of millions of units. Yes, oh yeah, that's bizarre to me. That just seems out otherworldly. Yes. <laughs> so someone has consumed. That many of your potato chips? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, over a period of time, not not per year, but over. A That's period. uh. <laughs> think of the collective amount of chips that you've added to. Yes. You love snacks so much yes. that you have rained chips on the world. Oh yes, yeah, on the universe. On the universe, you put hundreds of that. You know, you're an inspiration, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. You have really spread your love. I I love it, man. I love it. Uh, I'm going to put, I feel like we should have, I should have been eating, I should have been better product placing this. That's all right. You know, I'm always, I'm always telling them better product. This is the, yeah. you know, this is the little baby all in hot, new item coming out. This is an all in, you know, all in flavor. Yes. Yeah. Now, yes. You got salt and vinegar, barbecue, onion, garlic, and more. It's that I love little baby. You know what should I, mean? I ask you about your favorites? Is, is, is it playing favorites if I ask you? You know, my favorite is all of them. I knew you were going to say something like that. I knew that. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to try a variety pack. I know you have some variety packs on there. I want to be, I'll do like a review. It'll be a funny review. I'm sure I'll like them all. Yeah. I just like yeah. chips. Man, look, if you like, you know? we're going to give you an array of yeah. you know, flavor profiles. and Yeah, you know, just, you gotta, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm going to like them all. You got to eat them one at a time so you can get the four 
you know, understanding of what's in these flavor profiles, man. Like I said, you know, our flavors are humdingers, man. They just, it's amazing. It's different. I've heard you know what I'm saying? Yeah. that in every thousandth bag, there's a small piece of each wrapper in the bag, you know, like, so a small piece of little baby's hair in the bag or a piece of his fingernail. Is that, is that true? No, not at all. <laughs> okay. Okay. That must've just been on Reddit. I heard that. <laughs> no, not at all. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was just my fingernail. Yeah, they, you know, they'll probably say his phone numbers in there too. So, yeah. Well, the well, you know, Christ had the body of Christ. He give it out every day at Mass, Catholic Mass. You know, mm-hmm. why can't you have the body of Busta? There you go. You know? <laughs> there you go. Uh, James, we appreciate your time. I'm gonna put everything uh, in the show notes. Fun, man. Thank you. Ah, my friends, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. Like I said, James is a, he has a plethora of experience uh, when it comes to when it comes to just entrepreneurship in general. And I think that's one thing to remember. It's like you go through this journey and as you're going through the journey, you're picking up new skills. It's not like you're going from experience to experience and the failures amount to nothing. If you're doing the journey right, the failures amount to Little wins along the way, and those little wins accumulate into bigger wins, which snowball over the course of a career, especially in entrepreneurship. And, and that's why I think James' story is so interesting and important and inspirational to me. And seriously, check out his products. I just think it's crazy uh, that you can have such an idea that's so unique to you. And he's like, man, my passion is snacking. And he truly is making a, he's making a living out of his passion. And so I, I encourage you, you know, I implore you even to determine what it is that's interesting to you and just go for it, productize it, turn it into a service, turn it into some sort of information exchange, but make your thing happen because others are out there doing their thing and there's no reason why you can't, uh, you know, the excuses sometimes will feel really good and sometimes they are legitimate excuses, but they're still excuses. And so you have to figure out what's really holding you back from expressing yourself fully. And I think business is a great way to express yourself. It's not the only way. And some people go hard in the business expression and they don't have any other ways to express themselves. But as far as personal development goes, there's no better way than to put your mind to something and build it and watch it get you know built in front of your eyes step by step. So I encourage you to take James's advice and my advice and get going with your dream. Stay, stay passionate, stay encouraged, stay hungry, and get after it. Much love. Uh, the water's warm. The tide is rising. So let's jump on in and get ready to surf this new wave. Daniel 